0: You encourage all of us to care about history and heritage. How can we do that, though, on a little level? How can we make the people in Newcastle care about
1: what we've got? Do you know what I think, from my point of view, is the most important thing is to talk to your kids about it. I I know that the reason that I have such a, a vivid passion for history is just because of the way that my dad used to talk to me about his adventures in World War II. Not that he had a glorious war or anything, he was just a fitter, fitting the Spitfires and Hurricanes. But he was a working-class boy, it was probably his first time away from home for any extended time, and he had so many adventures, and his eyes used to shine when he told me about them. And I got this vivid picture of what it was like to be an ordinary aircraftsman in World War 2 a time far beyond my ken as a little boy. So I, I always, as far back as I can remember had a vivid understanding of things before I was born and also an understanding that people like my dad had been young once and, by extension, if he'd been young once, then his dad and mum must have been young once and theirs and theirs and theirs way back into history. So I think I've always felt myself as part of this continuum of this extraordinary adventure of, of people on this planet
0: you've traveled australia different parts of australia you're doing these walks as well through Mm -hmm. some of our historic locations i wonder if sometimes australians particularly white australians think well we've only got a couple of hundred years of history whereas you know you traipse around amazing parts of britain and europe with time team and you turn over a rock and and there's some ancient artifact do you think that makes it harder for us to appreciate what we have certainly our indigenous heritage
1: it's funny that you should say that, because even really in the way that you phrase that question, there's always that feeling that uh, Australians, particularly white Australians, feel a bit embarrassed about the brevity of their history. And, I think that the history of the last 200 years here has been quite extraordinary. This notion that uh, a combination of a handful of free settlers and lots and lots of pretty tough, hard-nosed convicts... Hang on, that's my family you're talking about? Well, exactly. There was even a tinge of pride there, wasn't there? Uh, and a lot of them political dissidents, remember. So these would be been people who were dreamers, utopians political activists in, in, in Britain, but actually wouldn't have been able to get a look in. But here, suddenly, they had a whole continent that they could take command of. And the, the psyche of people over here seems to me to be so unusual and so different from what's happened virtually everywhere in the world. And I think that it's remarkable and to be celebrated. But, as you say, the, uh, the, the story of human life here prior to Captain Cook is absolutely fascinating and it's always tantalising to me with indigenous people because almost by definition so much of their history and archaeology tends to be so fragile that it's much harder to uh, get a hold of, certainly in the kind of scientific way that uh, we like to observe it. And
0: Although now we seem to either hide it from people or we send an archaeologist in before the mining company goes in.
1: Yes, yeah. Absolutely. My sense is that sensitivities are, though, much more acute than they used to be, by and large. But is there a long way to go? Well, of course there is. Mm.
0: Talking about telling stories to children, uh, you're a storyteller. My children were waiting here to come and see one of their favourite storytellers. And I was having a chat to one of them in the car on the way here. And I said, so what do you think Tony Robinson's job actually is? ah, oh, he's an archaeologist, Mummy.
1: <laughs> well, yeah, although I can remember when I was out in Tanzania doing some work for Comic Relief once and I was a bit embarrassed. We could explain to the local tribe who'd never seen a television uh, what the cameraman did, what the sound man did, what the director did, but I felt a bit embarrassed by by my job, whatever was it. And the leader of the tribe said, oh, yes, we, we understand what you are. You're the storyteller, Would you kids, I guess, cottoned on to as well. But As for being an archaeologist, no, of course I'm not an archaeologist. I've Is been it a
0: vicarious pleasure, though?
1: Yeah, and also because I've been doing it for 20 years, um, I do... I'm surprised at how much that I have learned. I was approached by Macmillan's, the publisher, and asked to write a beginner's book on archaeology, and I went to uh, my friend who's a professor of archaeology and said, I can't do this. I don't know anything about archaeology. Please do. That'd be fantastic. Well, I, I, I have. I think it's probably remainder now. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, the, the, the point was that uh, he said you do know a lot about archaeology. You just don't realise that you do. He said what you know is how to question the archaeology, how to challenge it, how to interrogate it. And I suppose really whatever series I do, uh, that's what I do. I don't know much about anything. But what I do know is how to ask the question. It's yeah. like my job, we're translators, we're the conduit. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, and it's a, that's a pleasure, isn't it? I mean, in, in, in ancient Greek times, people said that uh, the mask itself was special was divine because the voice of the people spoke through it and in, in a way I hope that the job that you and I do is a, is a bit like that. It doesn't matter who we are but the voice of experience can speak through us.
0: So what would your area of specialty be? If, if we were to go out for you know a game of pub trivia what would we win hands down with you on the team?
1: Absolutely nothing, with the possible exception of Bristol City Football Club. All I can do is tell stories. That's my job.
0: When we look at this story around us here in Cathedral Park, high on the hill in Newcastle, in front of the cathedral, you're doing a flying visit. But what do you see?
1: I see probably what most people see, this bizarre notion that there is a little grassy knoll in the middle of Newcastle, rather like the one I always imagine in Jack and Jill Went Up the Hill. Now, what the heck is it doing here? Well, the answer is that when you walk up it under your feet, there's one of the oldest cemeteries in the whole of Australia. It's uh, somewhere to be celebrated. Also, somewhere that should have the most astounding view to the sea, which you can't (laughs) see anymore because of all these trees.
0: Don't don't mention trees in this city, Tony. It brings down the wrath of God upon
1: you. Well, I understand that, but as someone who is, I hope, eminently green and loves trees, uh, the fact is that I would love to invest in planting another 70 trees anywhere uh, in exchange for removing any one of these so that people can uh, have a look at the view. That would seem to me to be a, a reasonably fair trade. You can see it if you tip toe over to the edge of the car park. Oh, you'd have to be a giant or someone with a crooked neck.
0: You still love your job, don't you?
1: i absolutely adore it. I, I do actually have the best job uh, in broadcasting, but please don't tell anybody else because they'll assassinate me.
0: I think my kids want your job.
1: <laughs> They're not getting it. <laughs>